0: Unorthodox's reporting from Israel, which we're sharing on the show this week, was made possible thanks to support from the Natan Foundation, the Maimonides Fund, and Tablet. Hi, it's Stephanie. As our week of Israel coverage comes to a close, we wanted to bring you something a little different. When Tanya Singer and I launched the unorthodox series Beautifully Jewish back in September, the idea was to celebrate the objects that enrich our Jewish lives. We looked at High Holiday Torah covers and sukkah walls with the aim of showing how beauty is an inherent part of Jewish life and tradition. We also explored how Jews across generations made meaning by creating these objects for themselves and the love and generosity that goes into making things for others. As with so much of our lives, Everything changed on October 7th. Those of us outside Israel wondered desperately what we could do, how we could help. Tanya had a unique idea, a beautifully Jewish craft along, where we would assemble a group to knit hats for IDF soldiers, crochet dolls for hospitalized children, and handmade cards for Israelis across the country who could use a little brightness. We weren't sure how many people would join us, but more than a thousand of you did, And before long, incredible packages started to arrive at Tablet's office, filled with handmade greeting cards, crocheted dolls, and knit hats. It was enough to fill five suitcases, which Tanya brought to Israel earlier this month. We sent along our producer, Ellie Blyer, to capture the scene as Tanya distributed these handmade items created with love and support to soldiers heading off to their bases and to children in hospitals. Along the way, she encountered all sorts of crafters and creators and reveals the common threads of resilience and generosity that make the tapestry of the Jewish people so strong. We wanted to share a bit of Tanya's journey, the final leg of the Beautifully Jewish Craft Along. Here's Tanya with bags and bags of beautiful things to give away.
1: When people bring notes to Israel, it's usually to leave personal prayers in the cracks between the stones of the Kotel, the western wall in Jerusalem. I brought hundreds of notes, in the form of lovingly made cards, from America to Israel, but they weren't for the Kotel. These prayers went to Tel Aviv's central train station, where Israeli soldiers now gather to travel to their assigned army base across the country.
2: Thank you for your service and for protecting Israel. Now that your fight against terrorism is appreciated, Kaila, USA. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything you're doing. <laughs> Dear IDF soldier, thank you
1: for your fight against terrorists. It's from Mason. Thank you very much. At first, these young soldiers didn't know what to make of me, walking around in a bright pink sweater with a huge Hanukkah tote bag. But once they saw the knit hats and fumbled with the colorful cards, which opened the opposite way Israeli cards do, they warmed up and were so grateful.
3: Dear soldier, thank you for your strength and your protection. Thank you for fighting for our beautiful Israel. You are fighting for all of Jewish people all over the world. I support you. I care about you. I'm Thank you very much.
1: The soldiers we spoke to were mostly in their late teens and early 20s. Kids who should be in college, not walking into Gaza or Lebanon. The IDF is made up of sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, all of whom were conscripted into service. They are religious, secular, black, white, male, female, Ashkenazi, Sephardi, Mizrahi, and not all Jewish. They have to serve, and in this moment, they want to serve. And they are joined by older reservists, known as Miluim, who were called up on a moment's notice, dropping everything to serve their country. Producer Ellie and I brought a bag of about 50 hats to the train station. Knitting hats for soldiers was the brainchild of an Israeli mom, Hannah Kopel, who came up with the knitting pattern when her daughter was in the IDF. It's a simple ribbed hat, knit in black, washable, fire-resistant wool or wool blend yarn. It gets cold in Israel. It even hailed while we were there. And the soldiers love these hats. You like a hat knit in America? What? Made in America for you.
2: Oh, thank you very much. Very
1: welcome.
2: Yes, thank you.
1: Would you like a hat? Made in America.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you so
2: much. Here's a hat. Thank you. <laughs> a inside.
3: Thank you. Thank you. We have a
1: bunch of people knitting, and I came from New York with all these hats.
3: Oh,
1: okay. Okay. and Yes, thank you. Thank you. This is a card. Thank you. Wow. Very Sorry. cozy. <laughs> it is cozy. Oh, yeah. Thanks. As moving as it was to meet the young people going off to defend Israel, it was eye-opening to talk to the reservists. People who have already done their service, who have careers, families, entire lives they are leaving behind on a moment's notice. Before October 7th, what was your life?
0: Regular life. I work over here in that building over there, PwC. You know.
3: Oh my God!
0: Doing what? Uh, High tech stuff. You know, Samsung.
1: Okay, so you're working in high tech, and now you're working in a
0: tank. Is the tank high tech? Uh, no. We're in a very low tech tank from 30 years ago, three decades ago.
1: (laughs) And so, what did you do before October
2: seventh?
1: good question. I got out of the army only half a year ago. Yeah, some fresh uh, out of the sadir. And uh, I I did a few months of yeshiva after uh, after the army. And then I was supposed to go to South uh, America. And uh, it got canceled a few days after. She's I was supposed South to go. South America? Yeah, together. For real? It's a good combo, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I love this. Yeah, thanks. All right, you're going to do it. Yeah. In a little
2: bit. Let's little bit. hope, yeah. yeah.
1: That morning, at the train station in Tel Aviv, we gave away dozens of these black knit hats. One of the station employees even took a few for her family members.
2: She's taking both
3: for her granddaughter and her grandson, Two, 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 two
2: soldiers.
1: Our beautifully Jewish community also made hundreds of Guatemalan worry dolls called buba in Hebrew, using a pattern by Israeli crochet designer Hila Ellert, who grew up in Israel's south and has family who somehow survived the horrors of Kafar Aza. She knew she needed the doll after that Black Saturday because, as legend has it, when a person tells their worries to one of these dolls and places her under their pillow, the doll takes those worries away overnight. Armed with a duffel of dolls and cards, Ellie and I went to the Dana Dwark Children's Hospital in a bustling section of Tel Aviv to distribute our presents to children hospitalized for a host of reasons. It's uh, like mommy. I... It looks like <laughs> Emma. Whoa! <Look, laughs> it's your Emma. No, <laughs> 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 it's your Phaze. My children, Jewish <e-mah>. children, from different
2: countries <laughs> and different places <laughs> around the world. It's made by everybody in America, we love
1: you, we think we you. We love America, we need them. God
2: bless, God bless America.
1: The dolls were a hit with the kids, of course, but it was the grown-ups who had asked us to bring them. In fact, it was the head psychologist and one of the therapists at the hospital who recognized the value of the dolls and orchestrated the whole thing. After October 7th, the doctor knew her tiny patients and their families could use a little extra love and support.
2: It's amazing. It's amazing that you came here with all these uh, it's such, a, it's, it's
1: such an honor, it's, it's, honor to, to bring. In. It
2: was incredible to believe that uh, you came here. It's not obvious for us that uh, all this is. Uh, it's very exciting. All the gesture and I, we, pre- we appreciate it very, very much. Not like the physical way that you made
0: from the U.S. to Israel, but the emotional way.
2: Yes. Um, and the thinking of bringing this, and it's very unique. <laughs>
1: and special. We spent hours at the hospital, talking with children and sharing the dolls so lovingly made by our crafters. One little girl, her leg in a cast, stole our hearts. Do you
2: speak English? Yes. Yes. How uh, good?
3: Not that much, but I know. You're very
2: good. Yes, so
3: cute. <laughs> Thank you. Can you tell us what the card says? Oh, well. Can you translate that? Do you know what
0: it means in English?
3: Uh you are not
0: alone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Bye. Bye. We weren't the only people who recognized the soothing power of knitting during an incredibly stressful time when reports surfaced of the nearly 200,000 people displaced from their destroyed homes and endangered neighborhoods after October 7th. A group of Israeli knitter friends had an idea that led them to create weekly knitting circles for nearly 700 people. We met them in an artist loft turned yarn warehouse in Yafo. We sat on the cement floor, surrounded by cardboard boxes filled with yarn organized by color. Here's Hila Harel.
2: A friend of mine told me that he was going to Yamamelach, and he said, I'll probably be doing some musical. I don't know something with the kids he wasn't even sure he just like the first week or two of the war there was this very very intense feeling of like i need to do something and a lot of people shared that so i didn't even care what we were going to do i just said all right i'll come with you, Sorry, uh, you Yama is? Yama is the dead sea it's where a lot of the uh, evacuees are staying Uh, initially the people like the elderly and the disabled of Sderot were put in uh, some of the hotels there so they're actually the the people who need more most support so that's where we decided to go and then i told Shifi why don't you come with us and she said cool uh, i have an idea why don't we bring our knitting maybe someone will be into it and we were thinking that we would be working with kids so we arrived at the hotel and there's chaos And we tried to explain to them what we would do, and we weren't even sure ourselves. And then we said, you know what, we don't need anything. We just want to sit down in the lobby, we'll take out our knitting, and whoever wants to join us can join. And that's what we did. And we sat down, and the first woman to approach us, it's a lovely woman called Rosette, and she said, ah, what are you doing? And I said, we're knitting, you want to sit with us? And she said, yes, you have needles, do you have yarn? We said, yes. And that's that's it. That's how it happened. So was that set with us, and then another lady came, and another lady came, and that's how it started. And by the end of the day, we were ecstatic. It was so I get I'm getting goosebumps. See, uh, it was just there was something about it that was so simple and so casual, and at the same time, so uh, healing is the word I would use probably because it's so. Um, it's something that they know, and it's something they've been doing all their lives. So they don't need to learn anything. It's not a lesson. It's just like sitting together. It's like you came to visit a friend. That's what we we're saying. We just um, we realized that we had something very uh, relatively simple to start out in a, in a bunch of hotels, and, and that's how it started growing.
1: The friends, Hila, Hagar, Shifra, and Shiri, called this initiative Ayin Tova, both a reference to Pirkei Avot, and a pun with a double meaning. Aintova means a good eye, as opposed to the evil eye, and a good loop, which for us knitters means a good stitch. The effects were clear from the gecko.
2: It does such a good job of uh, bringing the women together, of giving them something to do that's not defined by when we come, because they can keep the needles and the yarn, and they knit whenever they want, and they do. They knit At night, they knit next to the pool, they knit with their grandchildren. And and, and the cool thing is that they befriended, some of the women befriended each other through the knitting. There's one woman who's Russian and one who's Moroccan. They're both on wheelchairs of sorts and they kind of help each other out and uh, they can't really communicate, but they have this kind of uh, Luba and Masudi. They have this connection. Specifically, these two women, their friendship really is yarn-based. Yeah, It really is, because they don't have a common language. One of them barely speaks any
3: Hebrew and they speak through the yarn, through the knitting. Here's
0: Shifra. And if you don't have something to wake up for, it's it's hard. We are really helping them to go day by day. They knit from the morning to, till the evening. In my circle, there is ladies that they have the uh, same couch. It's theirs. If someone comes and they sit. They know that they have to. You know, they, they have to go. It's her spot. It's Alice's spot. No one sits there, and she goes there eight a.m. to eight p.m. and she knits. And so they have their routine. That, that knitting really helped them, and the fact that we come every week, not just to give them the war but just to be with them helps it the consistency helps to to kind of look forward to something and not only to going back home or to ending this war
1: knitting is one way people are finding calm and community in the face of devastation we made one last important stop at the gourmet yarn shop in ranana the owner orly heard what we were doing and requested we set aside hats for a specific idf unit we visited the beautiful little shop packed with yarn and intricate sweater and shawl samples to deliver a giant suitcase of hats and caught up with the girls at the store's weekly knit night. Hi, knitters. Hi, everyone. Hi. 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 It's so nice to be here with you.
0: This knitting knitting group, how many years have you been knitting together?
2: All this shop is opening for 18 18 years, maybe 19. I'm the newest from all the girls here. I'm the newest, so I'm here only for two years. But they are knitting for how many? Fifteen.
0: How has knitting been
3: important for you, all of the girls, since October 7th?
2: For me, it's one of the savings points. One of the savings points. It keeps me, you know, sane. And I'm, I'm knitting uh, heads for for my my own soldier, um, uh, socks, and another shell. I'm knitting all the time. It helps my sane, my sanity.
1: Orly Store is a high-end knit shop that sells the finest wools in the world to a community of highly skilled crafters. Normally. Orly brings in designers from all over the world and has led knitting trips to fleecy destinations like Iceland and the Shetland Islands. Now, though, she's one of the country's leading collectors of hand-knit hats for the IDF. She took over for Hannah Kopel, the design's originator. That's not all Orly and the girls are doing. One of their longtime knitting friends is mending her family after October 7th. Her daughter survived the Nova music festival and her sister and two nieces escaped a kidnapping attempt. Her nephew was kidnapped to Gaza and later released in a prisoner exchange. Her brother-in-law was shot and hasn't been seen since October 7th and is presumed to be in Gaza. Each of the girls is knitting
3: a square to contribute to a special project
1: for the family.
3: Well, she doesn't know, but we're all knitting squares for her sister and we're going to put it together to a big, for a big afghan because she lost everything and so, and she's always really cold, so we're putting this together and we're making her a big afghan, so they're all working, most of them brought squares and that'll be ready in about a couple of weeks. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. So I told the girls, I'm not telling you what to do. We decided, like, a a certain amount of colors. And I asked her what her favorite color is. and She said, like, hot fuchsia pink. So that was some of the colors are in there with that. I love it.
1: After delivering our hats, dolls, and cards to their new homes in Israel, I came to understand how profoundly interwoven the Jewish world is. We started with a beautifully Jewish community built online, and here in Israel, that community now includes soldiers and their mothers, displaced families, ailing children, and so many others who need beauty and comfort, now more than ever. We did it the handmade way, which is why it was so significant to all of us. When I got back to the U.S., I caught up with Orly from the Gourmet Yarn Shop about how meaningful it can be when we go out of our way to do things by hand, giving our time and talent for others. She called that the Jewish way.
3: All the mothers that go to the units on, you know, when they have a day where they're allowed to go and visit the, you know, the soldiers, they come on Saturdays with huge ice boxes filled with ready hot schnitzel that they fried the same morning, five minutes before they left. And cut up salad exactly Israeli way, just the save the size that you know they know that their son likes. Uh, the cakes that they bring there, and they just put it down in the middle with all the soldiers around, and they start handing it out. They don't buy like McDonald's. They don't buy ready food on the way. They they you know Jewish mothers they they do stuff, and it's from the heart. It's that's how it should be. It's not. I would never dream of buying my grandkids a sweater. I wouldn't think of it. Everything is either cooked at home or handmade or, I mean, everybody cooks, everybody bakes, even for people that work. And the knitting is the same. I mean, everybody can go out and buy a ready hat, you know, one of those acrylics in those, you know, dollar stores. When the soldiers get a hat and they see a note that says hand knit with love, wear it. You know, hope this keeps you warm with all my heart. It feels like somebody gave them to them and somebody really cares. That's the Jewish way of doing things from the heart, not from the pocket. So if, I mean, of course, if you can, if you can't knit, then you donate wool so that somebody else can knit with it. So that's why those, those hats were, felt like, We're not the only ones outside. Somebody is thinking like us and knows that we'll bring a lot of love and warmth to the hearts. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you so much. Shabbat Shalom. We say Shabbat Shketa, which means have a quiet Shabbat. Quiet's good for everybody.
1: And with that, I wish you all a Shabbat Shalom and a Shabbat Shketa.
0: That's it for Unorthodox in Israel, our special week of daily dispatches. Thank you for listening. For links to every organization we mentioned this week, head to tabletmag.com slash unorthodox in Israel. Our reporting from Israel was made possible thanks to support from the Natan Foundation, the Maimonides Fund, and Tablet. Our team on the ground was Leah Leibovitz, Josh Cross, Tanya Singer, and Ellie Blyer. Special thanks to Tablet's Armin Rosen. Unorthodox is a production of Tablet Studios. The show is hosted by me, Stephanie Butnick, with Leah Leibovitz and Joshua Molina. We're produced and edited by Josh Cross, Robert Scaramuccia, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. And our team includes Tanya Singer, Cordy Hazlett, and Daron Risquet with help from Sam Hacker and Jordana LaRosa. Our episode art is by Esther Werdiger. Our logo is by Jenny Rosbrook. We love to hear from you. Email us at unorthodox at tabletmag.com or leave a message on our listener line, 914-570-4869. Thanks for listening to this special week of Unorthodox. We'll be back in your feed next Thursday. Until then, shalom, friends, and am Yisrael Chai. Broadway comes to the 14th Street Y on Tuesday, May 21st. Join us at 7 p.m. for a conversation with cast members from Prayer for the French Republic, the Tony Award-nominated best play. Tony nominee Betsy Adam and fellow cast members Francis Benhamou, Ethan Haberfield, and Ari Brand will take part in a lively discussion moderated by The New York Times' Mark Tracy. They'll talk about the play's themes of Jewish identity, French culture, and Zionism in times of rising anti-Semitism. This event is part of 14Y's spring season of Jewish culture. As a Jewish community center, 14Y offers a variety of opportunities for people to discover, explore, and connect with Jewish life. Visit 14streetwide.org to learn more and purchase tickets to Broadway at 14Y. We are excited to announce Tablet's first ever essay competition, First Personal. Our editors are looking for previously unpublished work by writers living in North America who have never written for Tablet before. They are seeking submissions on the theme of belonging. Where do you feel at home or no longer at home, physically, spiritually, or culturally? How do you find community or a sense that you're a part of something larger than yourself? Are there places where you feel a sense of belonging or alienation or both? Tablet is seeking personal essays about your life and your experiences and how your thoughts and feelings have evolved over time. Tablet editors will review all submissions and choose their favorite five, which they will edit with the writers. The authors of those five pieces will be brought to New York City to read their story in front of a live audience. A guest judge will then select the winner. The winning essay will be published in Tablet and the winner will receive $500. For more information and to submit your essay, please visit tabletmag.com slash essay contest.